Welcome to Geared for Growth. I'm your host, Mike Mortlock, Managing Director of MCG Quantity Surveyors. Today we're talking becoming a more confident buyer. We've got Jackie Parker, who's the Director of House Search Australia Buyers Agents. We talk about how to become confident that the property that you've shortlisted is right for you, including all the due diligence. And then we talk to her about being confident as part of the negotiation, making sure you're getting your comparables right, making sure that you are wearing out the shoe leather, as she says, pounding the pavement and making sure you understand what's happening in the local market. We talk about registering your details with selling agents for the properties that match your description that you're looking for and what you should and shouldn't tell them. We talk to her about how to actually get the comparables right and put a value on something that you're wanting to negotiate on. She's got some great tips on making sure you are ready and confident and she talks about the difference that that can make to the end result. It's an awesome interview with Jackie that I'm sure you'll enjoy. Here's Jackie. Jackie Parker, thanks for joining me on Geared for Growth. My pleasure, Mike. Long overdue me getting you on because you're an industry stalwart. Uh, I was trying to figure out a way that sort of uh, is complimentary but doesn't sort of say you've been in the game too long. But how did I go there? Was that all right? Yeah, that's okay. I don't think I'm offended that you called me old, but I'll take that on board. (laughs) That is is not exactly what I did. Experienced. Um, And and I think that 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 counts for a lot uh, in the market that we're in. You know, there are a lot of people that are in uh, the property and and buyer's agent space that um, are are new entrants and and all power Mm -hmm. to them, but sometimes experience counts for a lot as well. And that's what we want to dive into today. We're talking about becoming a more confident buyer. Now, what does that mean to you? Well, look, Mike, there's a lot of buyers out there who are buying property for the first time. And, you know, in the market as a buyer for the first time, you're really at the mercy of the real estate agents who have a lot of experience and, you know, they're very well geared and, um, you know, up to speed with how to persuade people to buy. So, you know, becoming a confident buyer means knowing as much as the selling agent and planning ahead and having a good team behind you. Yeah. Now, with with people that are buying their first property, you know, I always kind of equate this to the unfair advantage you have when you're using a buyer's agent or a buyer's advocate. You know, your average person, they might buy one property over their lifetime or it would be unusual for them to buy, say, five or six, whereas buyer's agents are doing this day in, day out. The selling Mm. agent has an unfair advantage. I mean, even if they're not terribly fantastic at their job just by sheer repetition they'll understand what works you know how, how important do you think that unlevel playing field is to the results of people purchasing these properties oh i think it's absolutely crucial and and you know when we're talking about agents remember too that two buyers they may think that they're friends with the agents but the agents are always better friends with the vendors they're mm. the ones that are paying them and i think we need to remember that and keep focusing on that as buyers. Buyers are the customers. Mm. The agents are acting for their clients who are the vendors and they are acting in their best interests to make sure that they are representing them and getting the best result for them at the end of the day. So the buyer is already at a disadvantage when they're starting to look at property. You, you hear quite often that people will say register their details with local agents. You know, I'm looking a 
looking for a four-bedroom, two-bath, two-garage in this location with a view of the river or what have you, um, mm. I mean, that has a value, right? Because the agents are, are, are going to let you know if, if something pops up, but they're not necessarily doing it as a service to you, right? They're, they're wanting to maintain a database so that they can say when they have a listing, we actually have people on our books looking for this type of property. You know, how, like, is it something that people should make use of or should they be a little bit wary of? Look, I don't think it's a bad thing for a buyer to be on every database in the area that they're looking for. I think that's just smart work. Um, But what selling agents don't do is they don't drill down into what exactly the buyer wants because let's face it, they don't have time. Their role is not to mitigate risk on the part of the buyer. Their part is to represent the seller and to persuade buyers to buy their product. So whilst it's useful to be on an agency's database and, you know, quite frankly, you're going to get spammed uh, every day with listings, which can be great, but it's not a selling agent's job to sift through the listings and call buyers and say, I've got exactly what you're looking for Mm. because they, they've got um, they've got other jobs, and one of them is not representing buyers or helping buyers to the extent and the detail that an independent buyers advocate can. Yeah, and I, and I feel we might be a little bit unfair to agents because I'm sure some of them do actively try and do the best for the buyers on their database because you know they're potential sellers as well, right? But they're, they're, that's oh, not- absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not downplaying that. There are some agents that will go that extra mile, but I think we've got to remember that their fiduciary relationship with the vendor um, is the one that they they are concentrating on. And, you know, while some buyers are going to come across some agents that are very helpful, most of them simply and quite, you know, justifiably don't have the time um, to help buyers in the detail and the specifics that um, their own representation can. That's a, that's a very, very good point. I'm a big fan of the, the Freakonomics guys and they talk about incentives, right? And wherever the incentives are, that's that's where the actions are kind of directed to. And as you say, their fiduciary responsibility is to the vendor, not to the buyer. So it kind of begs begs the question, okay, you, you know, you, you, you jump on their database because it's, it's helpful to get pinged uh-huh. if there's a listing coming on, but how much should you tell them? Should you share things like your budget or where the finance is coming from or, you know, your inside leg measurement? How much is too much? <laughs> or giving them your DNA and the rights to your firstborn child. Yeah. Um, no, look, you, you <laughs> it's a good question, Mike, actually, because, you know, there's two schools of thought. There's one school of thought that don't tell the agent anything, including your budget. But I think that's nonsense. If you don't actually give them some idea of what it is that you've got to spend, how can they possibly help you? Yeah. So you've got to give them something. So, you know, that that's obviously not going to be showing them a copy of your bank account and your pre-approval. Um, but actually, you know, giving them a range in which you would be happy to buy, um, dependent on the property, of course, just makes common sense. Otherwise, you know, they're in the dark as much as um, as much as anyone else is about how much you've got to spend. So you do need to tell them, um, you know, some idea of budget. That ju- that's just common sense. Yeah, but giving them the ins and outs of our maximum is this and showing them a copy of the pre-approval and maybe agents will ask for that, but we should be a little bit guarded, right? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And at the end of the day, remember that, you know, you're not going to be as a buyer looking at property um, predominantly that you can't afford. You will be looking at, you know, the same types of property 
around the same budget and the agents will begin to realise how much money you have anyway, especially if you've been to auction mm. and you've been an underbidder, for example. Yes. Mm. Now, now the topic of this will we'll circle back, becoming a more confident buyer. So when we are, say, we, we've, we've shortlisted a property that we are quite serious about and we want to, we want to, to move to the next step, what does mm-hmm. confidence look like and why is that important from a negotiation point of view? So confidence to me for a buyer means, as I said before, becoming as knowledgeable as a selling agent. So, you know, this means doing your due diligence and knowing every sale, every street, every agent, every auction result in an area of like properties. Um, You know, invest in wearing out that shoe leather by getting out there and inspecting, observing auctions, asking lots of questions of the agents, you know, like what's the market doing? You know, how long has this been on the market? Why hasn't it sold? Why did it pass in? What would the vendors take? You know, generally being, do you remember that um, detective show from the 70s and 80s, uh, Columbo? Oh, yes. Actually, uh, you're too young. You're too young to remember that. But anyway. (laughs) I was born. I was born in eighty two, so I was probably oh, a little bit, a little bit post Columbo. But I, you know, I, I understand the reference. Yeah. So, be, you know, asking lots of investigative questions is going to help buyers build up knowledge and get a handle on agents as well. So, you know, their level of experience, the strategies that that they use. So, you really need to become uh, quite knowledgeable um, in the area that you're looking. Uh, and know what's happening, you know, know what's happening. Um, I think that's so important because then when you're actually negotiating with agents, you can fire back uh, very quickly with, you know, comparable sales and reasons why a property, you know, did sell or didn't sell. You've got to show your knowledge. Yeah. Now, when it comes to that knowledge, we had a previous guest that, that talked about the importance of there sort of being a fine line between sort of knowledge and arrogance, right? So trying mm-hmm. to catch the agent out or sort of say, did you know this? Or, you know, it's starting an adversarial sort of like, this is a competition and I'm going to win and I'm going to get you. Like, how important is it to sort of do that in a way that doesn't get the agent offside? Because at the end of the day, they, whilst they do have to, you know, they do have to disclose the offers to, to the vendor and there's all sorts of rules about what they can and can't do, they can influence the decision quite a lot. Oh, absolutely. And I'm not, I'm not saying to be um, adversarial at all. What I'm saying is make sure that you know enough so that when you're talking with the agents, um, they understand that you have that knowledge um, up front mm. and that you have done your homework. And, and in fact, you know, really we need to be um, making and building relationships with, with selling agents because they're the ones that actually have the, um, you know, the listings. They're the ones that are going to be letting you know if they do have something that's coming up that may suit. So, you know, actually being on their side and, you know, displaying your uh, knowledge is is a great way of actually getting started with that good relationship. Yeah. And if we take a bit of a step back, uh, so becoming a more confident buyer, you, you need to be confident that that property is the right property for you to be negotiating on. How, how do we sort of, you know, putting, putting to the side, you know, starting with the negotiations, how, how do we do the research and the due diligence to, to really zero in a, a property? Because if we're sort of a little bit on the fence, that's going to affect how we can negotiate and go to the next level, right? 
The Give for Growth Property Investing Podcast is presented by our business, MCG Quantity Surveyors. If you're an investor or a property professional looking to get the best tax depreciation deductions for yourself or your clients, please get in touch with us at mcgqs.com.au. It's our mission to help as many property investors as we can to maximize their claims and maximize their property education as well. Absolutely, it is. And, you know, if you're if you're tracking the market, so, you know, I've got some buyers who, you know, they collect um, and collate uh, spreadsheets and take bets on final sale prices at auctions or private treaty. You know, it's a bit of a game, really. Um, but, you know, keeping records of uh, not just sold prices, but your estimates on what you thought they would go for and see how close you are. I mean, spreadsheets can be fun. Um, oh, yes. Having, having all of that information at your fingertips, watching the auction uh, results, speaking to agents, and not just um, the agents in your area, but agents in adjoining areas as well on what they think is happening in the market. Uh, speaking to neighbours, uh, speaking to people that have actually recently sold as well, keeping a keeping a tab on how many days on the market properties are taking to sell and, and, and tracking those results. I mean, there's so many good um, sources of information now for buyers. You know, once upon a time, agents were the gatekeepers of all of these uh, resources. Now they're at buyers' fingertips. They can look up, you know, so much data and so many statistics um, online, but nothing beats actually being in the market and, um, you know, getting that on-the-ground anecdotal evidence of what's happening. Yeah. And when it comes to buyer's confidence, let, let's go, let's stick with confidence in the property. Where, where do you think people lose confidence? Is that they don't understand about flood levels or the building condition or negotiation? What, what, what is the most common thing that you find people are, say, getting in touch with yourself to represent uh, them on because they're a bit overwhelmed with it? Mm, I mean, most buyers don't want to overpay. And, you know, that's one reason why they will come to a buyer's agent, because they lack confidence in their ability to accurately price the property and move forward with an offer. So, you know, our our role is about mitigating that risk and actually conducting our due diligence on the property uh, to ensure that we come up with a fair market appraisal price that we consider um is where the value lies in the current market. And that's really important now more than ever because of what has have, has been happening in the market. You know, we're, you know, we're not exactly in the boom period of uh, of last year. We've moved into a, a new uh what's the word, uh, <laughs> a lack of confidence in the market yeah. is something that is, is happening um, more and more with a lot of buyers. They're taking their time. They're standing back. They've got time to assess. And, you know, they don't want to overpay. They don't want to regret a purchase. And they certainly um, want to make sure it's the right one, given what has been happening with rising interest rates and a poorer economy and, and you know, rampant inflation. Mm. Um, they want to make sure it's the right decision for them. 
I'm going to have a go at a clumsy metaphor here, so just bear with me. Um, so when, when the when the tide's coming in, I mean, a, a, an exhilarating game I play with my offspring is, you know, you dig a hole and you sit in it near the beach and then it's like, oh, the wave's going to come in, you know. Um, when the tide is, is coming in, you can dig your hole, you know, ahead of the time, the tide line and, you know, th- that's my metaphor for the market. It's it's coming in, it's going to reach you. So, yes, you might have overpaid, but it, it, it's going to mm-hmm. catch up at some point point but when the tide's going yeah. out if you if you 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 know purchase that property in advance and we're still seeing the the, the tide go out with market values then you know it's a disproportionately painful thing um firstly how how was that did, did that work I love it I okay. love metaphors <laughs> Good. I'm uh, imagining you at the beach in a hole <laughs> oh, yeah um I'm old money it's what we do <laughs> um uh, and uh, the the reason why I ask that is is because getting the pricing right is a is a difficult thing. But you know there there mm. are some ways that that people can get an idea about how to price something and, and also how the vendor has priced something, which can trigger in their mind that okay, well this is this is where the negotiations going to go. Would you recommend people do things like ask the agent what the comparables are, or um, you know for buyers to understand the comparable that are likely in play for the property as the best way to get an idea? A hundred percent, Mike. That's one of the first questions that you should be asking um, the selling agent is, um, you know, what comparables did you use to price this property for the seller? Um, That's a really important question because sometimes the agent and the seller are actually miles apart on price. Mm. It's not always the agents, um, you know, putting up the price on the property. Quite often it's the vendor seeking a price that is higher than fair market value. Um, And also, you know, getting them to justify um, the price that they're asking because don't forget that, you know, sellers, uh, selling agents do have um, a position in being able to substantiate an estimated price that they put on a property. And if they can't substantiate that with evidence by showing which comparable properties they used, then it's most likely that the vendor is fishing for an unrealistic price. Mm. And, you know, we've all, so, seen, we've, we've all seen those little graphics where it's like, this is what my house looks like to a valuer and the bank and the tax office and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Um, <laughs> vendors are always going to think their property's worth more than it is, right? Of course, of course, you know, and, and that's their prerogative. Um, I'm sure, I don't know if you've ever sold your property, but we all think our, our property is, um, you know, better than everyone else's. And, you know, with sellers too, don't forget that they're also getting not one agent around but two or three agents and, you know, they might get differing opinions from the agents and most vendors are going to go with the agent who tells them what they want to hear and that is often the highest price. Yeah, uh, the only property I've ever sold, uh, I had it at, pegged it around a mill and it went for three fifty. So that's <laughs> <laughs> that, that's evidence of a, of a bit of a disconnect. We'll... we'll Will listing agents take on properties at at any sort of price or will they sort of say, look, this is where the market is. We can certainly give it a a stretch, but we need to be placed here. Otherwise, I'm not the agent for you. Or will they just go, look, a listing's a listing. Let's chuck it up there and see if something sticks. 
Well, it depends on the agent, quite frankly. Right. Some will and others won't. So um, I think if they're, if they're doing their ethical duty by the seller, if they hear a price that is absolutely no way on this earth that it, anyone's going to pay it, you know, they have a duty of care really to, to educate the seller. But at the same time, they've got to look at the work that they would be putting into that listing and that campaign and mm. possibly getting absolutely nothing at the end and whether or not that's a viable thing to do for the agency. Yeah, and I guess they get sort of ranked on their days on markets across their listings and, mm. and those sorts of things. So there's incentives for them to price it right. But often uh, the vendor is going to want a little bit more. But if you can sort of – if you can have that conversation with the agent and, 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 and really like you're sort of – if you're helping them to, to be bad cop a little bit. Like, you know, we've had some yeah. feedback from this person. They asked what the comparables were and they've highlighted these ones. And, you know, in all yeah. honesty, this these are the comparables for the property. So, you know, this is where we're kind of having that conversation. That's You, you can sort of almost, uh, I guess, control that conversation between the agent and vendor if you're a little bit crafty. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think that is fair to say. And as buyers agents, we do that quite often. Mm. You know, we're actually assisting the vendor's agent to basically condition the seller down um, from their unrealistic stance on price down to, you know, a more realistic level. Um, and, and buyer feedback creates that anyway. A lot of agents who will take on a listing that is a little high, they're relying on the buyer feedback to feedback to the seller in the first couple of weeks of the campaign, um, you know, to show them what the market is willing to bear. Mm. I've learned a lot all, already, Jackie, but um, to round us out, I want to see if I can get your your top three tips in being a more confident buyer, confident in the property and confident in the negotiation so that you can actually put yourself in the best position to secure this property that has, has ticked all your boxes. Okay, so first of all, Mike, I would say the first and most important tip is to do not go shopping without money. Make sure you have the cash first. So pre-approval uh, ready is not only essential, but it's a mugs game if you're shopping without a budget or an idea on what you can afford. Like all humans, we aim high and we always want that little bit more. So make sure that you know your budget before you, you start shopping. That's really important. Get yourself a good broker, get in a, a pre-approval and know your limits because otherwise you're going to be wasting agents' time. Mm. Secondly, plan ahead and get your team ready ready before you start. So, you know, if you are looking in a market where you're going to need to get that contract reviewed quickly, make sure that you have a conveyancer or a solicitor lined up. Make sure that you have your broker um, and your, you know, your insurance and your quantity surveyor and your inspectors ready to go. Uh, jump online, have a look at, um, you know, where other people are buying if, if you're not sure, if you want some more intel there. And the third thing is, as I said before, become as knowledgeable as a selling agent. So, you know, know every sale, every street, be familiar with the auction clearance rates, Find out what is happening in your local market, why some properties are selling fast and why some aren't. And, you know, displaying that due diligence and asking the right questions of the agent, you know, um, wearing out that shoe leather is, is absolutely crucial to you becoming um, a real expert in the, in the local property, not just being an armchair expert and staying online. Mm. 
Some some awesome advice there. And for anyone that sort of seems like it's a bit of work, it, it absolutely is. But that's where you've got industry experts like buyers agents that can help you. But if you're not wanting to use one and you are wanting to get, get the best possible result, you've got to commit yourself to doing that, right? Because the difference between mm-hmm. doing that and not, you know, could be tens of thousands of dollars in difference in acquiring the property or, or perpetually missing out, right? That's so true. Jackie, it's been uh, an absolute pleasure. Thanks for joining me on Geared for Growth. My pleasure, Mike. We'll see you again. Okay. Cheers.